Craig, is your mic on? Yep. Matt, my mic is on. So is mine. Both of our mics are on. Yes. It's the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. Coming up, I am going to hit a couple things that just hit my fancy. Hey, hey, baby. Once again, Matt, the summer schedule for Bill, two podcasts in one week. Yeah, and at least one recorded possibly more than a month ago. Yeah, I think I might have done the math, and I think it turned out to be 48 days. That's about right. The first episode of the week was with Kevin Bacon. That was after a long intro. Uh, no? No, it was. I'm shaking my head, Chris, because I have stuff to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed immediately that I was wrong. I, I think that's a fair, typical assumption on my part. It was one hour, 54 minutes, and 31 seconds. It was a lot of stuff before we got to our first Kevin of the week. It was two hours long. Seemingly. Uh, one fifty-four thirty-one, Matt. Fair. Seemingly because Bill just insists on it being that long. He, he did a monologue for like 45 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't interesting. Let me tell you how great my version of the NBA calendar is. It was terrible. I think you mentioned that maybe there's some sort of advertiser requirement. That that's my be. only guess. I've never read that or seen that, but that's my guess. Why not just publish the Kevin Bacon thing? Do like a two-minute, here's my Kevin Bacon podcast. It was great. He was a lot of fun. Thanks, Kevin Bacon, for coming in. And then play that for an hour and ten minutes. Why, why do we need this? This is the reason I think uh, it might be based on advertiser availability. Is I wonder if he has to get a certain number of ad slots in the pod, and he feels like there can only be one slot every, every X number of minutes. And if he doesn't get X number of minutes, he doesn't get X number of slots and doesn't get X number of dollars. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Uh, as much as I bitch about it, we wouldn't be able to do this without it. We miss you, Bill. <laughs> we miss hate listening to your free podcast. I, I saw an article. It was an old, older article from uh, several months ago, and it indicated the cost per mill, which is Latin, for uh, 1,000 listeners is between $25 and $50. Oh. Uh, and he has something like 35 million downloads a month. If the Bill Simmons podcast podcast was able to build at the same rate, we would have earned somewhere between $25 and $200. Oh. Lifespan. <laughs> we are also taking envelopes full of cash <laughs> mailed care of Bill Simmons podcast podcast <laughs> in the first cast at 206 Pearl Jam. Uh, I wanted to point out at 7.55, he was describing the um, the format for his new best of five series, like after the first round buy or whatever oh it was. Oh, my God. And he said... You need a PhD just to follow <laughs> along to his f***ing plan. He said the best teams get four out of five home games at home. The one and two seeds in the tournament get four out of five home games at home. Uh, that's the best place for <laughs> home games. Because I feel like the home games on the road <laughs> don't have the home court advantage. You totally lose out. It's not fair. I don't know. When the, why would they call them home games? At 1140, Bill, who was trying to, on his own, fill up time by talking about, of all things, the NBA, yet again, is unable to accurately describe or accurately phrase in the English language the first pick of round two or the first pick of the second round. The 33rd pick, first pick of the round two is going to be. I'd like to be able to place a bet somehow on this <laughs> using some sort of sports bet. It's the sports bet you've been waiting for. <laughs> That's what I imagine the singer of Odelay doing when hitting jump shots. You buy it? I like it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> At 1414, a quality swallow. Buddy, that sounds dangerous. I'm not convinced he's going to be back. When it's a Bill Simmons only portion of a podcast, when he goes on for quite some time, the mouth noises become magnified. Yes. I really feel like he was going for it on the mouth noises. And really, without mouth noises or things that he finds delicious, mm. I just go to bed 
sad. I assume it's because, to a certain extent, when there's somebody else, he can try anyway to turn his head or avoid making those sounds on mic. But when it's just him, Bill, when you're naked in front of the world, we can see it all. I saw it all. I found that um, in my many travels, there is a place in France. Uh, and if you go there, you're able to see women without any clothes on dancing. And it's, but it's covered by a wall. But there's a hole in that wall. And if you look through the hole and you're a boy, you can see it all. As soon as we're done this. <laughs> At around 16 or 16 and a half minutes, Bill begins uh, his defense of Brooks Kepka as the guy in golf. And he goes on to describe other the guys or other the teams with one incredibly glaring omission, which is that he fails to point out that I think fairly objectively, you have to consider the New England Patriots to be the team of the last two decades. I wonder if it was intentional. Nah, there's no way it was. You think it was a reverse (laughs) brag? There's no way it was intentional. Never mind. What was I thinking? At 1740, an extra syllable in substantive. But never anybody like substantive. At 1919, it sounds like he talks through a verb or a yarn. You know, a 27 on the back nine in 20 degree, 20 mile an hour winds. At 22 minutes and 27 seconds, math. I mean, we're talking a full decade plus, even going back to like the 09 season. So 09 through 18, it was LeBron. As far as I'm aware, a decade is 10 years. Yes. A decade plus would be more than 10 years. I don't think that's in dispute. So if you go back to 2008-2009 from the 2018-2019 season, that's actually 11 seasons. The 2018 and 2019 season wouldn't count for the purposes of this discussion since we're talking about LeBron. LeBron was not on the East Coast in 2018-2019. He was on the West Coast. He was with the Lakers, which means at most, going back to 2008-2009, it was 10 seasons. Yes. Which is not a decade plus. Right. It's just a decade. At 25-21, Bill talks about his favorite subject, Bill Simmons. Bill. When I got suspended for my podcast that I did about uh, talking about Goodell. Continues to defend the reason he was suspended by ESPN for his comments about Roger Goodell. And he says the only reason that he was suspended was for one thing. There was one really avoidable thing. And I've talked about this before in a pod. I'm not, I'm not saying anything new. He did not listen to his own podcast. I never heard the pod before it went up. But technically speaking, it's because he didn't listen to it. He didn't listen to his employees who implored him to listen to what he had just said. I had two people that worked for me and said, you should listen to this. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. Just put it up. So it's two things. Doesn't listen to his own content and then ignores the people he hires to edit the said content. And then it goes live and then all shit hits the fan. And then he went, started a new podcast and was like, fuck it, I'll just hire my nephew. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> who may or may not have a mic that, tur- that he knows how to turn on. <laughs> like, have you noticed... Craig's editing, I can't really say one way or the other, yeah. but I feel like Craig has consistently Mike's been able always to. On. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear Craig. Yeah. Bill has maintained, I think, isn't his uh, his contention that the only thing he said that he shouldn't have said was daring ESPN to suspend him. Right, which is kind of silly. He also calls it a borderline incoherent challenge of yeah. ESPN. I just am like borderline incoherent challenging ESPN. And then goes on to say, I knew what I was doing. Yes. I just didn't care. But I knew what, it, my point is, I knew what I was doing when I did the Goodell stuff. Well, if Which you knew incoherent. what you're doing, then it is coherent. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. At 28 minutes and 22 seconds, you can double down on something. Or you can be doubling down on something. But down is not a verb. So you can't do this. <laughs> it's double, double downing on, on what Sports Center is. You know who I would expect to know how to use the verb double down? Someone who is a fan of swingers. Or a fan of gambling. Sounds like Bill. Yeah, you would think so. (laughs) 
At 30 minutes and 45 seconds, Bill, continuing to talk about his favorite topic himself, points out that creative people are going to be different. Creative people are going to be a little different. And he himself, by implication, a creative person. Of course. Is a little bit different. I think I'm a little different. He also has had his battles with ESPN, and they've been well-documented. I had my battles with them. Uh, They've been documented. Mostly by Bill f***ing Simmons. At 37.29, in an ad for Mizzen in Maine. What, is, what do they do again? They must make clothes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he really has trouble with that word. Not so with Mizzen in Maine. Yeah, it repeatedly botches this ad. Yeah. But my favorite botch of this ad is when he talks about how your body is a sponge. You're like a sponge. You sweat. Your cotton shirts soak it right up. <laughs> it's actually not true. The skin of a human. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> go, go on. Go ahead, Buffalo Bill <laughs> from Science of the Lambs, uh, is waterproof. It doesn't really absorb Water. Right. So it is not a sponge. No. Your clothes can act like a sponge. You're right. But not your person. He also said something about the clothes wicking away sweat. And then he says, By wicking moisture away. Wicking. Is that a verb? Sure. Okay. Is wicking a verb? <laughs> yeah, it's a f***ing verb. What else would it be? Maybe he's thinking about candle wicks. <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, are they telling me that if you wanted to, you could illuminate a room and maybe write the Gettysburg Address by setting one of these shirts on fire? In the beginning of the uh, Kevin Bacon interview, he says, it's been a while. Kevin Bacon is here. It's been a while. It's been, <laughs> it's it's been forever. <laughs> he said it's been a while. And then remember, it's been forever. I'm dying to get you on. Huh. Oh, shit, I never talked to this yes. guy before. It's actually been forever. Yes. <laughs> Idiot. I mean, just restart it, champ. At 38 minutes and 29 seconds, while speaking to Kevin Bacon, he asks whether or not Kevin gets a lot of podcast requests. You well, must get a lot of podcast regrets. You've had, you've had such a... Uh, he also says, in just like the ultimate self-aggrandizement, when he started doing pods with celebrities, they were so appreciative of the format. <laughs> uh-huh. And they were also appreciative after. <laughs> <laughs> Almighty Bill, <laughs> thank you for this new and uh, improved interview format in which you just let us talk. By the way, Bill has the same exact format for every celebrity. It's like this. Can we read your IMDb page? It you seems great. Next. Can you also tell us about you did that? this next. And the, the funny part is, and I used to actually think that perhaps this was true, if you just listen to it and you don't think too hard, you get the impression... Never a problem with me, Matt. <laughs> you get the impression that Bill knows way more about, for instance, Kevin Bacon's movie catalog than Kevin Bacon. And it'll be like, Kevin Bacon, oh, did I do that one next, Bill? Oh, no, you did this one in 89 and this one in 93. And you're like, oh, shit, Bill, that guy's smart. And then you realize, no, he's just f***ing reading it yes. on the computer screen. Yep. At 109.26, during an ad read for Luminary, which we believe is paying Bill yes. for the Rewatchables 1999, as well as for the Break Stuff Woodstock 1999 podcast series, Bill is promoting another individual who has a podcast series. Hannibal Burris's. He says the name wrong. It's actually not that tricky of a name, and he's a pretty famous and hilarious guy. Yep. Hannibal Burris. That's how you do it, Matt. Yep. He also sometimes calls this Luminary podcast... Break stuff, which I think is the name of it. Yeah. And sometimes he calls it just Woodstock 99, <laughs> which is not the name of the podcast. That's the name of the festival the podcast is about. Yes. He also doesn't know how many podcasts his company has done for Luminary, but luckily, backup producer Craig does. Rewatchables, 1999. I think we've done at least 10, right? How many have we done, Craig? I think nine. Nine? Yeah. Matt, you may remember from earlier in the summer, there was a discussion about the centrifugal force. Oh, I remember. <laughs> incorrectly applied <laughs> that Bill believes certain NBA players had on their teams. And Draymond was this 
centrifugal force. Is that the right? Centrifugal? Yeah. Yeah. I said that correctly. Yeah. What's great is that Kevin Bacon organically works in a definition of centrifugal that is scientifically accurate. Centrifugal force that is whipping you away from the Earth's uh, gravity, balances with gravity as you go over the top of this thing, this parabola, for 25 seconds. Bill has no response. (laughs) At one hour, 38 minutes and 12 seconds, Bill once again expresses his anti-Philadelphia bias. Because you're a Philly guy. We don't we don't really yeah. like Philly. I'm from Boston. Are you from Boston? Yeah, we don't really like Philly that much. No, I know. Matt, your response? It just never ends. It just never fucking ends. Yeah, God forbid he talks shit about Iowa. <laughs> At 146.44, Bill, speaking as a royal individual, or perhaps as a judge, references himself in the plural. I'm a, chi- I'm a children of divorce, so I'm pre- you're preaching the choir. I think what he probably means is I'm a child of divorce. In what scenario can Bill be a children? It can never be a children. We'll be back right after this. Matt, we use Anchor.fm for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it's free. Anchor will not only let you record and edit, you can also distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more through Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is handy for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. The second and last podcast of last week. Also the second and last Kevin podcast. Was two hours, three minutes, and 39 seconds on July 25th, as Matt points out. After a long conversation with himself, Bill finally gets around to publishing the Kevin Costner. But first, this is how he says fast, 27 seconds in. Fast. In fact, I feel like that was the slowest (laughs) way you can say fast. Fast. At one minute and 39 seconds, Bill talks about how there's a new podcast featuring Quentin Tarantino, which actually is kind of a bit of a coup. I mean, Quentin Tarantino did probably two or three hours worth of audio interview with The Ringer, and they're able to turn it into a three-episode series. And I'm going to try to listen to it. I mean, yeah. it sounds pretty interesting, even though he's a huge spaz. But what he does is he promotes it by saying, we used to have a series called Halloween Unmasked, and we've now, according to him, refashioned it. We have refashioned that. Which mostly means, I use the phrase, feedjacked it, so that he just changed it, so that anybody who had been subscribing to Halloween Unmasked suddenly and out of the blue Turns out they're subscribed to whatever this Tarantino one is called. Yes. By the way, I don't have to know because there's no way Bill would know. <laughs> How do I know he doesn't know? He asked Craig, <laughs> what is it called? And what is it called, Craig? Quinn Tarantino's feature presentation. It feels a little disingenuous to do that. I mean, you're just suddenly like, surprise. It is. Guess what yeah. you're uh, subscribed to. You get to. a new podcast. It wasn't the same podcast as what you had subscribed to before. Aside from the business aspect of it, the much better part is the fact that Bill points out the way in which they interviewed Quentin Tarantino. Tino, we interviewed him in his own words. That's right, in his own words. <laughs> it was not a Mad Lib-style interview of a famous director. They did not require him to use clips, uh, like one of those aliens or robots who only yes. speaks like from I, I Love Lucy and Honeymooners quotes. This was actually in the director's <laughs> own words, which I really have to say I'm in favor of. I don't know that I would ever want to listen to an interview any other way. Pearl Jam at two minutes and 34 seconds. Eight minutes in, They're talking about how much somebody plays. And I think Bill said they're asking a little too much for him. Now, it's possible he means they're asking a little too much compensation for him, which would make sense in that usage. But to me, the context was he meant to say they were asking a little bit too much of him as opposed to for him. 
couple years. And if anything, it was in a situation in Miami where they were asking a little too much for him. He follows that with a discussion of banana numbering. <laughs> I think if he's like your fourth banana, fifth banana. How many bananas is that, Matt? A bunch. <laughs> yes, sir. Matt, do you ever call the 76ers the sixth? Never. Now, I don't know if we blame Bill for this or if we blame the reader, but at 10 minutes and 30 seconds. To immediately knock the six off their rebuilding course. The six? I have complaints about this, please, Chris. Please, please They're share. mostly Philadelphia related. I'm shocked. Here are my issues. The question, I think, is a, a good one by uh, reader or whoever, where he asks like whether or not Jerry Colangelo uh, was, you know, the fix was in and that the league sort of like arranged for all that to happen, which it probably did. Here's the problem. He then uses it as a, a jumping off point to say, well, people give, you know, the, there's sort of revisionist history about what Hinky did. And then he goes on to list some things that he perceives Hinky had having done at, that were bad. The first is, and I will say this is probably true, there's this, uh, this sentiment around the league that like Hinky was not good at interacting with players and agents. It didn't call him back, that kind of stuff. That might be true. I think that's been reported enough that maybe there's some truth to it. But then he says he drafted Nerland's Noel, wrong, didn't draft Nerland's Noel, traded for him on draft night after he had already been drafted. Drafted Jaleel Okafor. Possible okay, distinction fair. without a difference. I don't think it is. Well, I think sometimes it can be, but in this scenario it wasn't because I don't think this this was not one of those like, we have already made this trade, pick the guy I want you to pick. I think it was a little more complicated than that. And he says, and he drafted Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams does kind of stink, but here's the thing. He was drafted 13th overall, so it's not like he swung and missed at a high draft pick. Also, the guy won Rookie of the Year that year. And then Hinky flipped him at a time when people were like, man, this guy just won rookie of the year. Maybe don't flip him, which I think is contrary to Bill's point that he like made this mistake. Or even if you acknowledge that he made a mistake, he made a mistake that he was willing to eat right away and turn into something better. The point of the Hinky era was to get as many lottery balls as you could possibly get, knowing you will miss on a bunch and hoping that you hit on at least one. And they walked away with, Joel Embiid, who most people consider to be sort of like a unicorn, and Ben Simmons, who at least has the potential to be really great. I'm not saying he's he was great, and I'm not saying there weren't aspects of the process that were bad. I just feel like Bill is like, I can't let the Sixers have nice things. I have to give them some shit for this. The takeaway from Matt's argument, <laughs> Hinky hit on two balls. Also, right before this, Bill, of course, remembered his math SAT scores. Bill is 50, right? <laughs> 50 this year. He's about to be 50, and... He still remembers what he got on the math SAT. At 14 minutes and 30 seconds, my favorite Simmons flub of the week, when he's talking about Jeannie Buss and the rumor mill, and he's talking about how she is not running in circles with a bunch of people. When it's LA and Jeannie Buss is rubbing in the circles with a whole bunch of different people. She is rubbing. It just seems especially <laughs> fucked up when it's a lady. You can't talk about a lady rubbing in circles. <laughs> At 17 minutes and 40 seconds, Bill master of the microphone, says that Trevor Ash. Trevor Ash, should, should we be worried? He means <laughs> asked. And I know we go to this point over and over again on the Bill Simmons podcast podcast. He's sitting in a room by himself or just with Craig. Mm -hmm. He or Craig could realize, uh, did not Ash, <laughs> asked. Trevor Ash. Why don't I just try that one more time? Chooses not to. Nope. The one thing I regret <laughs> when I got suspended was that I didn't. Yeah. Lesson learned? <laughs> Doubt it. At 22 minutes, this swallow. He's from Atlanta. How long is he going to be a Celtic? It was a good swallow week. At 18 minutes, Bill reads some tweets from Marcus Morris. 
as part of his like uh, concern that I think it's Tatum hasn't like tweeted about oh, the right, Celtics right. or whatever. Yes. Listening to Bill first say Finna. Either way, we f- find a, find a make it happen. That's always the mindset. He's using some weird words here. Finna. Finna? Yep. <laughs> and then try and figure out what finna means. Low-hanging fruit, man. It's, but I agree. Oh, it's hilarious, It's man. worth it's, pointing it's out. It's great. Either way, we finna make it happen. Yeah. That's always the mindset. What's finna? Finna means fixing to, like going to. Finna? Yeah, like I'm, I'm finna eat tonight. Bill very much plugged into the young people and the urban but dialect. You would think he would be. Because he works with a bunch of 20-somethings. His kid, Well, although, Craig obviously knows. Yeah, his kid, although only 10, clearly older than his age, or possibly 11. 11, 11. Uh, Clearly older Old than, enough to play Grand Theft Auto. Yes, oh, we're gonna 10, co- I, oh, we're going to come to that soon. <laughs> but I feel like he should know Finna. Is this my oldest moment of all time? <laughs> no, Finna's, I don't, that's okay that you don't know Finna. Okay. At 24 minutes and three seconds, this touches a little bit on what you just foreshadowed, Matt. There's an ad for Grand Theft Auto online. Which, when I first heard it, I had no f-ing clue what he was talking about. Yeah. But apparently it has to do with a casino and hotel it's some sort of that download. you go to online in Grand Theft Auto. It's, okay, like a, it's basically like a, a patch for Grand Theft Auto that's like, here's some new content. He promotes it by talking about the property odor and triad member. <laughs> <laughs> As you help property odor and triad party boy. I think it's triad, but I definitely know it's property owner. His son, by the way, 11, is now ready. He's, it's great though. He says, "I he acknowledges. I know I shouldn't let my pl- son play Grand Theft Auto. I probably shouldn't have, but." And then he says, <laughs> "He's eleven. He's ready for it." But he's eleven. He's ready for it. He's ready. Well, wait a minute, Bill. First of all, is he ready for it, or should you not let him play with it? Because those things are mutually exclusive. Second of all, he's eleven. He's not ready for it. <laughs> it harkens back to my all-time favorite Matt response, which is when Bill says. My son has seen the, the parent parental advisory warnings, but he disregarded them. And, and you said, Bill, those are for you. My all-time favorite Mac quote. It's great. At 25.45, did you know that we're living in a 10-year period known as the Zecade? The 90s are the too much, too fast, too soon Zecade. 35.50, another quality swallow. Being afraid. Big game experience. At 36.54, the only reference in the week to Shea Gilgis Alexander. SGA. He avoids it. <laughs> You're a coward, Bill. You're running from Gilgis. You're running from Gilgis, Bill. At 39.25, Bill uses spoiler as a verb. I can spoiler the town, right? It's been 10 years. Now, Matt, perhaps I'm out of touch with the way young people speak. Can you use spoiler like that? Is that like part of the nomenclature? No, no it's not. At 41.12, Bill goes on this swallow run. James Posey. You need all these dudes, but you also need a happy team. I'm looking at the Lakers. I can't shake the fact that LeBron and Davis succeed at the same position, the four. And if they're gonna if they're gonna play together. How many words is popcorn, Matt? It's one word. Not at 10815, it's not. <laughs> and just dump the MMs in the popcorn, they get a little like melty. Bill gives like a little intro to before the mailbag. He's like, and then we did this Costner pod. It is the weirdest introduction to an interview I've ever heard. He says, it's awesome. I've been holding it. He finally came on after I've been asking. It's better than I thought it would be. 
What does this mean? It's like I've been begging. <laughs> well, the awesome begging. part, you can break it down. Okay, it's okay. awesome. Very right? good. It's awesome. Very right? Sure. He's been holding it. That's uh-huh. straightforward. Weird right. if it's so good, but yeah. Right. Okay, go ahead. He finally came on after asking, which means Bill has apparently been begging Kevin Costner. <laughs> like, does he like have his agent's number or something? And then he says it's better than I thought it would be. Is Bill like? You know, I really thought Kevin Costner was going to suck and be a I was, drag. I was begging. I was begging him to be on this, and but I really had low expectations. <laughs> And by the end of the interview, it's like the greatest interview he's ever had. And then he's tweeting that he's never going to do a podcast again. Also, it makes no sense. He posts it. He says, it's the greatest interview I've done. I might never ever, I might never do one of these again. Except that he did it 48 days ago or 42 (laughs) days ago. And he's done like 10 podcasts since then. At one hour, 11 minutes and 30 seconds, Kevin Costner says, I've written and written and rewritten. Yes. If Bill had said this, we would have pointed out correctly that those mean the same thing. Kevin Costner, smart guy. Listens to himself speak. Says... I guess that means the same thing. Yeah, he's self-aware. He got it. Then he says to Bill, I choose to imagine that Kevin Costner has listened to all the Bill Simmons podcasts and is saying this ironically. You can need to catch me if, <laughs> if, you, if you can. Bill, you have to catch me when I say things like that, knowing that Bill is an idiot and never does that. Good luck, Kevin, yes. at getting Bill to do that. Wish upon a star <laughs> next. Bill says. We'll edit that out. We will edit it out, <laughs> and they leave it in. Yes. It's like the most meta thing I've ever heard. It's so awesome. I don't, I don't know. Because you think he was, like, winking while he was doing that? He's like, ha but we won't. And also, do you think Kevin walked away going, oh, at least I know they got my back. Wait, they did what? I almost feel like he You fucking said you were going to edit it out, Bill. Yeah. For all Blame, evidence. It's Craig's fault. Yeah. When is Kyle coming back to keep me on track? We'll edit that out. At one fourteen twenty six. You know what happens when you're famous? You end up being friends with other famous dudes. <laughs> That's what I've heard. That's how you build your street cred, Matt. Bill Hader's. Yeah. I'm friends with Bill Hader. Who's- <laughs> <laughs> At around 116, Bill commits one of the cardinal sins of conversing with me, Chris. It's interrupting. <laughs> and he continually interrupts Costner. Now, I've heard the defense on Reddit and other places, well, only read it, that Bill had a strict endpoint for the Kevin Costner interview, and so he had to keep things on track, which I think is bullshit, because you can still be polite and continue to have a conversation uh, in the way you want it to go. He begins at 1644 interrupting Costner like this. And I wasn't... I didn't realize you put your own money in Dances Wolves. And then 20 seconds later, he interrupts him again. But I didn't have to put in 16. It's funny, that era of... And at 122.32... He interrupts him again. Grady Richardson, who actually coached the Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and he was the minor league guy. And he was in. in so you felt like a ninth grader at varsity. And what's even worse is that Kevin Costner had just essentially verbally, conversationally introduced that he was going to tell a story about Grady Richardson. And then never does <laughs> for the rest of the podcast. So this is really, in addition to being rude when you interrupt somebody and being disrespectful to somebody who I think we can agree, even though it's been some time since his peak performances, Kevin Costner, still a pretty big star. Yeah. And still, as Bill points out. you got that movie out, coming out where he plays the dog. <laughs> what? There's a movie coming out where he's like the voice of a dog. In addition to the fact that Bill has wanted to have him on for quite some time and considers his appearance on the podcast to be a big deal, he just keeps stepping on him. It doesn't let him tell it his own It was way better than he thought stories. it would be. But not only that, he prevents us from hearing what Kevin <laughs> wanted us to hear. He does it again here at 127.53. Yeah. The interesting. Does that, how does that work with actors? Well, like me, sometimes let, it's let there. Let me tell you what. You want to see a heavyweight fight? And again, at 152.12. And they weren't going to give him up. That guy now, you know, is like, you know, they're... Did you, did you think Field of Dreams is going to work? Yes. Just so fucking disappointing, man. Yeah, I agree. This is not a legitimate interview. This is what you do when you're an opinionist, not yep. a fucking pro. 
Now, we did skip over a couple things so I could string all the interruptions that I found together. But at 117.55, Bill apparently flummoxes <laughs> Costner by pointing out that Costner has indeed been in many states. You've really been in a lot of states. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on to list them, and they're like, South Dakota, Iowa, Colorado. Man, I'm not a big-time traveler. I've actually been in all those states and have slept in all those states. These were not just drive throughs At 136, Costner starts to tell a story that apparently requires him to get out of his chair and act it out. <laughs> when you're dead serious about something, you walk off the mat and you're like, hey, you just meet somebody, and then the guy... They, the guy throws me the ball here and I... There's no mic. Right. You cannot hear anything he's saying. Yeah. You're like barely on the periphery of your of sound. Picking the periphery up. of sound? <laughs> yeah. It's like a Gene Roddenberry I, I introduction. I say, or a band name. Or an album. Led Zeppelin, The Periphery Stereo of Lab, Sound. The Periphery <laughs> of Sound Remastered. So Coster's telling the story. He gets out of his chair. You can just barely hear, like every once in a while, just sort of a little bit of his voice. You have no idea what's going on. It goes on for like 10, 15 seconds. They just leave it in. Yeah. And, and I like how the fact that there is Bill, who has been doing this the story. for like 10 years, and Craig, whose job is to do this professionally, they're both like, I walk away from the mic. We're fine. Also, Bill, like, Bill is still on mic. So he, he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Ha-ha. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? He could be like, folks, Kevin is now, he is pantomiming the idea that he has been shot with an arrow. Doesn't do that either. At 146.02 during an ad for GWU or whatever it's called, Bill says that they have this type of innovative learning model. It's an innovative, competency-based learning model, can't speak, was designed specifically. It is wholly appropriate that Bill Simmons is not able to say the word competency. <laughs> and it is doubly appropriate that he f***ed it up in an ad, which he could easily re-record and decides to leave it in. And by the way, this is not an issue that Bill has as an individual because we know at the end of the episode, he can say competency. Yep. Their competency-based learning model was designed specifically to fit in the lives. It's just during that ad, he chose to be incompetent. Well, Matt, I hope the listeners found this episode of the Bill Simmons podcast podcast to be borderline coherent. We'll go back and listen to it just to make sure before we post it. And if there's something on there that shouldn't be in there, we'll take it out or re-record it. That's our guarantee to you. From me, Chris. And me, Matt. On the Bill Simmons Podcast Podcast. <laughs>